According to the National Healthcare Anti-Fraud Association, it's about 5-7% of kids are fraudulent. But I would say it's very few people doing it, but they're doing it a lot. You must listen. Welcome to the Drilling Millions Podcast. The Drilling Millions Podcast. Lessons from some of the most successful dentists on the planet. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich. Presented by Sage Dental Partners. Your practice transition team. That escalated quickly. Coming to you from Toronto. Podcasting to the world. Please welcome. Please welcome. Akil Chawla. Hey, Drilling Million listeners. This week's podcast is with Dr. Warda Inam. Warda is the CEO of Overjet. Overjet's an incredible company that's gained recognition from Forbes magazine as one of the top AI companies uh, shaping the future, not just dental companies, but AI companies. We get into what Overjet actually does. Overjet is AI-powered tool that helps detect caries, periodontal bone loss, uh, and other pathologies through the radiograph. And we end the conversation by talking about how this is changing the face of dentistry. This tool allows patients to really gain an understanding of what radiographs mean beyond you know little white or uh, black dots that that you know may end up costing patients thousands of dollars so we talk about how this is building trust uh, between not only patients uh, and uh, dentists but also dentists and the payers uh, otherwise known as the insurers uh, really great conversation Ward is a phenomenal person to talk to about all things AI you'll you'll realize that there are a number of uh, occasions where I confess my stupidity in AI I really don't have a background in machine learning or uh, that space so she really has to do a good job of dumbing it down to my level so I can understand it but I figured you know not a lot of people do have a backing in AI I feel like everyone just thinks they know what they're talking about, but no one actually knows. So it's a really good conversation for someone who really wants a, a intro crash course on uh, the applications of this incredible technology and, and how it's changing the face of dentistry. Uh, I hope you enjoy. One thing at a macro scale, what you know I deal with even in dental school and what many dentists deal with is patient trust. Um, I could tell you numerous occasions where I've, I've been seeing a patient, actually one patient comes to the school, not because he can't afford care anywhere else, but because he said, you know, at the school, at least you have, you know, levels above you that are checking your work and sort of there's, there's, there's no vested interest of, of you selling me work. And, you know, on the other hand, I have a patient who, you know, everything I say gets questioned 350 times. So, you know, dental trust is a, is a hallmark, I feel of, uh, of, of, of patient care. Um, so, so how does Overjet address that? So w- what you mentioned around the trust between the pro- provider and the patient is definitely there. there is a um, decrease in, in the trust o- over time, just because I, I would say one is decreased, but also like the patients are getting more and more informed about their oral health or want to be more informed about their health in general. So they want to question. That's just the general population as well. Like, uh, you know, the um, you know generations above us just accepted things that were told uh, and our generations and others like want to question it and why and want to understand. And the, the issue here is that People don't understand. They don't even know how many teeth there are in their mouth. Uh, if I, you know, asked a general person like, okay, do you have 30 teeth or do you have like 32 teeth in your mouth right now? They wouldn't know. Like, uh, so I think that's the the level of 
dental knowledge in the population. And with that, you have first the tools, right? Like x-rays, et cetera, that people are using or dentists are using to communicate, which they don't understand what, you know, uh, to how to read them or what those mean. Uh, and then you have diseases where they might not hurt, et cetera. And, uh, and people are associated tendons to pain. Uh, so how do you actually communicate periodontal disease, for example? So there's a communication challenge as well. So you can understand why you know, I, I wouldn't even say it's like distrust, but like why uh, 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 why patients are questioning. And I think that's where uh, over uh, like overjet can really help, like creating that trust layer first in in for the patients to understand uh, the, the what what is going on in their mouths. They can start to un uh, visualize, for example, bone levels in this case, or periapical radiolucencies and other things that that the dentist is me uh, mentioning. And you can do it with colors, right? Green is okay. Red means bad. You know, it's the stuff that we patients are used to. So I think that that's one that that's really helpful. And the, and the second is having this idea of like, you know, it's not just this one dentist saying it. It is they're using a tool to uh to uh, uh you know ha uh, to make a better diagnosis. So they're going out of their way here to do it. Also helps in the patient understanding that hey. You know, this is not a dentist saying, okay, there's a software also saying it, this must be correct. So I think it actually improves that um, the, the patient provided trust. And we've had examples where the patient went in. So it, it's very interesting where you go to two different dentists, you might get different opinions as well, which adds to this, uh, uh, you know, distrust in, in a way where say a, dentist, a patient comes to you, you diagnose absolutely correctly. And then they go to another dentist and they also diagnose correctly, but the treatment recommendations are slightly different based on how they judge their uh, 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 you know, risk, etc. And now the dentist, uh, the patient comes back to you and says, hey, Akil, uh, uh, you know, you were over-diagnosing and, you know, the, the other dentist, I, I might be going to you. Um, and that's actually happened uh, for some of our uh, practices which use uh, our software where they're like, oh, no, no, wait, let me show you. Okay, this is what the software is saying. And then saying, oh, okay, okay, like now I get it. Uh, so I think there is, you know, uh, as more um, tools are used in these practices, like the intro cameras, et cetera, which can show patients, here's a fracture, like over just showing the patients, here's uh, decay and what, what it looks like, here's bone loss, here's periodical radiolucencies, here's defective margin, what I'm talking about, then patient can understand that better and better trust. I would say the trust is also between the provider and payer. Uh, you know, the same trust issues, the providers don't trust the uh, payers, and the payers uh, uh, feel that, uh, you know, dentists are, there's so much variation. Uh, and I think Overjet is the, the trust layer there as well. So we do think that Overjet is the trust layer uh, for dentistry and, and help in better trust between providers, payers, and patients. And the payers being the insurance companies. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So is, is the system designed to be shown to patients? Like, have you ever thought of, I mean, this is me completely out of line, you know, tell me if I'm out of line, give you recommendations, but like giving a patient sort of an app that they could look and annotate their own radiographs and it sort of, sort of an iPhone app or, or an Android app or whatever, and they can actually see their own radiographs on their own time on their own phone. Like, is that a possibility? Like, is there a, a yeah, patient okay. interface? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, right now, you know, there, there is, uh, um, you know, they can they can see it in their, you know, the, it can be sent to their phone and they can see the uh, their own X-rays uh, with, with the markups, etc. Okay, so so it currently exists where you know a 
patient goes into the dentist and they can actually see, is it the annotated version of the radiograph or just the radiograph itself? So it depends on the dentist, how they want to uh, share that data with the patient. Uh, but, you know, you can export the data from uh, and, and send it to the patient. We don't have an app currently, but there are, you know, uh, in the future, uh, uh, you know, developments that, that will happen for just the patient as well. But currently they can send an annotated app, uh, sorry, annotated x-ray to the to the patient uh, for, for them to un better understand uh, the diagnosis that was provided to them. Interesting. So... This next question could be interpreted as a technical question, but I'd encourage you to remember the potato analogy and just dumb it down to my level. So how do you differentiate or how does the algorithm differentiate between what is, you know, burnout, for example, and what's a carious lesion? Like, how do you draw that line? Yeah. Because clinically, it's even hard to do. No. So, it, so I think exactly in this case, it is you know, if, if it is clinically hard to do, it is, you know, uh, it is hard for AI as well. And why is because it is learned from clinicians. Uh, now, what, uh, the interesting thing is, sometimes things don't get treated, and it gets bigger and bigger. And the good thing is, we have access to that data too. So the, the advantage we have is, uh, we can look at historical information, and see how, you know, if say it was a decay, and the dentist, for some reason, thought it was burnout, out uh, and it, it grew uh, much more where it, it became very obvious. We would see it uh, in, in the x-rays or the other way around. It was burnout, out and the dentist went and, and, and treated it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you, you never know. Right. Like so it, it could have gone either way. But we have that historical information that we can utilize. But in this case, I would say is like the way to answer your question is like the way you treat uh, so train it is by showing in multiple, like a many, 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 many examples of what does a carious lesion look like and what does burnout look like? And the next time it sees burnout, which is like obvious burnout, uh, it, it, you know, uh, it knows. Uh, or now it's like, in, like uh, when it's not that obvious, then it might predict either either or depending and give probability to it. Uh, and, uh, um, and most likely it is, you know, uh, something that, Again, it has seen enough that it, it is good at. I would say um, there's also another thing where when dentists look at an extra, they're looking at one contrast level or one brightness, and then they have they have to manually change that to uh, see it across to you know understand that better. When we're we've trained our models across different brightness levels, different contrasts, etc. So it, it has a better. So even if it's like not looking that well. AI can do a pretty good job at it because uh, it can, uh, you know, it, it it it's it looked at images in different uh, formats and and it knows it's like the same image if you you know make it very very bright as well uh, or uh, change the contrast. So this might be opening up a whole new can of worms, but you mentioned insurance um, and payers. So how does it work? You know, just from the perspective of someone who may not be familiar, like myself, with you know how the back end of insurance works. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is it you know, say I'm the dentist, I say I've done an MOD on the 3.6 and I send that to the insurance. Is it someone physically sitting, you know, on, on the insurance and approving this or is this also AI on that front too? Yeah, so right now, if, if they're not using Overjet, they're manually doing it. So there's a dentist reviewer sitting on the other side uh, looking at it and, and made worse by the fact that there's dentists don't use diagnostic codes 
So they're literally looking at the X-ray and making this determination saying, okay, should this treatment, does this treatment make sense or not? Um, and uh, and at least in the US now, you know, we're, we're working with some Canadian companies as well. We're, we're working with the majority of the top carriers uh, or top insurance companies in the US where uh, they use Overjet software to make that determination now. Uh, and, and, and why that's helpful is that it's accurate. It is uh, consistent. So every time it's the same determination rather than getting different determinations as quantitative. So it's not, you know, um, where, for example, you can have a threshold that anything above uh, three millimeters of bone loss will be considered, you know, uh, uh, or bone level will be considered bone loss and, and the scaling replaning will be the medically necessary treatment there. Now, you know, you can actually measure it, make that measurement on every tooth uh, in that, uh, patient and and determine uh, how many teeth uh, satisfy that criteria uh, and and do it very accurately. So in the alternative case, when uh, when dentists are reviewing it, one dentist might think there is bone loss, the other might think there's no bone loss. And say you got a reviewer which thinks there's no bone loss, uh, you're going to get the claim rejected. Now you're going to appeal and it's going to go back. The other dentist is going to review it. They might accept it, but now you wasted time they've wasted time and money. And uh, in the end, the outcome is the same. So, you know, having more consistent quantitative outputs really allows uh, for better decision-making in dentistry and more objective decision-making in dentistry. So this is information to me. So there's the, so the insurance companies pay a dentist to sit on their back end and ensure that the treatment that you're doing is actually clinically sound. Yes. And so your, you know, just to reiterate what you said, your value is okay don't use the dentist use overjet on your end so you can actually tell if these two things align and if both and if both the dentist and the insurer are using overjet then of course they're going to align yeah so one is that but i would say uh, right now overjet does not deny claims we accept claims so uh preparers are using overjet to accept the claims and then then if there's any chance of denial they're still using human review to to deny the claim but they're using but most claims get accepted Right. Like, you know, most claims that you uh, somebody sending in uh, get, get accepted and it's very few claims that get denied. So uh, but the good thing is now you don't need humans sitting through accepting all these claims and reviewing them. You can have uh, an AI software do it much more accurately uh, and, and consistently and faster. And, and you can get claims paid out faster. Uh, right. You know, there is a delay in claims as well, because a lot of this manual processing needs to take place. Are you familiar with the levels of fraud in the insurance companies? Is that public information? Uh, the fraud in insurance companies or fraud coming from providers? Like to coming, company? sorry, coming from providers to it to insurance okay. companies. So, <laughs> not okay. the insurance companies are not fraud. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, <laughs> that that's a big claim here. So, yeah, exactly. uh, uh, the, the, according to the National Healthcare Anti Fraud Association, uh, it's about five to seven percent uh, of claims are fraudulent. We think it's a little like it doesn't see that seems a little high to us. Uh, um, but you know there is in in Medicaid in in, in the US we've seen more fraud happen. Uh, uh, and uh, but I would say it's very few people doing it, but they're doing it a lot. So the the numbers might appear because of that, but you know, uh, um, it it's literally finding needles in a haystack. It's it's that like rare. But when they're doing it, it's like forty percent of the claims uh, um, uh, don't make any sense. Uh, you know, they, they might be photoshopped. They might be, uh, you know, it might be the same patient's data repeated again and again. Uh, and so there's a lot 
to be done there. Wonderful. Well, this was fantastic. I can't believe I got the the opportunity to ask you all my dumb questions. <laughs> it was probably taxing for you to answer no, some of them, great. but I, I appreciate you coming on the show. No, thank you so much, Akil. Like what you heard? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and follow Drilling Millions on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for exclusive clips.